When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Let's see that cut out of the way. Jack Jones. Make it to Hunter. Lofted towards the end zone. Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Cole Tomadova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. And uh, I must say, the energy's low early on this week nine. You know, it's kind of early in the week. It feels like Hayden coming off of a, a tough loss. Yeah, that was very tough for ASU. I was there on the farm calling the game. Looked like ASU had it in the bag late in the fourth quarter, but... Too many mishaps, man. Too many missed opportunities. And Stanford's field goal kicker has ice in his veins. Joshua Cardi, I'm sure we'll talk about him later. But, yeah, that was a very tough pill to swallow. I'll recap the game here in a bit. And some Hawaii heartbreak. But it's all right. We got Halloween this weekend, <laughs> and so that should be fun. Yeah, I think we'll recover nicely. Let's get things started off with a bang. We've got Are You Surprised? And I almost played the intro a second time. Surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right, Colt, uh, let's get a spooky surprise from your corner. Uh, UCLA got cooked, okay, by Bo Nix, okay? This Oregon offense did everything they wanted this past weekend. UCLA's undefeated season is no longer. They're uh. with that pick. <laughs> Sucks. I, I mean, the Pac-12 could be screwed now for the playoff, now that they all have at least one loss. But damn, Bo Nix... Good bow is legit. I don't even know if bad bow exists anymore, to be honest. It's true. I'm surprised that ASU lost a football game when they scored two touchdowns and didn't allow a single one. It's mm. tough. ASU lost 15-14 to at Stanford, surrendered five field goals, no touchdowns. ASU has not lost a game when they did not allow a touchdown since 1984 oh. when they lost 6-3 to to USC. You know, the defense looked good for ASU. They bent, didn't break. Uh, plenty of clutch third down stops. Whenever Stanford was able to get the ball onto ASU's side of the field, Stanford stalled out. So that's a credit to ASU's defense. They, they did what they needed to do. And ASU had multiple opportunities to win. You know, you look at that last drive, they go down the field. Um, just some very questionable decision making from the quarterback, the play callers. Uh, not good. So that, a lot of things went into that loss, but changes are afoot. Yep. Sean Iguano stripped offensive coordinator stripped. Glenn <laughs> Thomas of his play calling duties. Wow. And according to Elijah Badger, ASU is doing away with the no, uh, with huddles. So we're going to go to an up-tempo, oh. no-huddle <laughs> offense. All right. And we can expect more aggressive play calling. And the QB competition is open. Now we play Colorado this week. So Let's go. That, that's a certainly a good place to try something new. Lots to look forward to. Against Colorado. You know, that's good. That's good to, to get some optimism coming out of that game. Um, 
TCU does it again. How about that? TCU wins another one. They were down 28-10. We were already writing them off saying, oh, could Kansas State be making a run here? Nope. TCU's done it. They've injured four straight quarterbacks. They injured Dylan Gabriel. They injured Martinez in this game. And they also injured Will Howard. So technically five. Jalen Daniels went down. And then even Spencer Sanders was hobbled late in that game because of TCU. I mean, I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's been working for TCU. But... You know, no allegations here for me, but... Uh, Who does TCU play this week? Uh, they actually have a very surprisingly soft schedule down the stretch. Um, I think this week they might have a bye. I'm not I'm, I'm not just trying sure. to figure out which quarterback is about to get injured. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can be careful. I think their next game is a trip to Texas Tech. West Virginia. It's West Look Virginia. Look out, JT Daniels. Oh, yeah. So another Jay Daniels might be going down courtesy of the Frogs. And then, and then after that, they play Texas Tech, they play Texas, they play... Um, Iowa State, and they play Baylor. So no quarterback is safe when Texas Tech is on this run. Uh, be aware of that. But let's go ahead and give some recognition to some Pac-12 guys. Let's talk about our Wheaties players of the week. Better get your whole grain. I better eat my Wheaties. I'll start with a guy that uh, Hayden already mentioned, uh, Joshua Cardi. Five for five on field goals. I mean, he didn't miss. He stepped up. Every kicker's dream, right, is to score all your team's points and get the win. Um, and I've done this a few times this year. I'm going to pick a second guy. True freshman Damian Martinez. Uh, best freshman running back in the Pac-12. Better than Jaden Knott. That's all I'm saying. Uh, he had an absolutely phenomenal game. Nearly 200 yards, three touchdowns. Just a beautiful performance by the true freshman. Two Wheaties players. That's a lot of cereal, man. That's a lot of cereal. It is. Elijah Badger was eating his Wheaties despite the ASU loss. Ah. Six catches for a career-high 118 yards and a touchdown. Uh, three touchdowns for Badger in the last two games, and it's nice to see a clear wide receiver one emerging in Tempe. I could have used this last year, huh? <laughs> yeah. I had Bo Nix. I mean, easily the get the best game that he's played in an Oregon uniform. Over 300 yards of total offense, five tutties. That one bomb that he threw against UCLA was probably his best throw of his entire career. Yeah. I got Bo Nix eating some good cereal. Another note, uh, Hayden said we should watch out for Elijah Badger at the start of this year. I, I remember you that's going true. in and saying, hey, he's a guy that could step up. He certainly has. Um, but for every player that's making the right decisions, eating their Wheaties, you know, getting big and strong, there's also some guys out there that man, they just can't keep their freaking hands off the Fruit Loops. <laughs> Colt, who is eating their Fruit Loops this week? Man, I think it's back-to-back weeks I picked this guy, but bro fell off. Jaden Ott. Uh, okay. Fourteen carries, thirty-eight yards, no touchdowns. I mean, if Cal expects to win some of these Pac-12 games, he's got to play better, okay? Because you're not gonna—they didn't win any game in October, and you're not gonna win against Oregon on Saturday. And you've got some tough games down the stretch too. So if Jaden Ott doesn't show up and he's clearly your best player on offense, you ain't winning any of these. All right, so there's a couple options I have, but I'm gonna go with the unconventional one. ASU offensive coordinator Glenn Thomas got Elijah Badger going in the first half and then decided to scheme him out of the game in the second half. They stubbornly ran the ball up the middle when it wasn't working for the entire second half. And on the final drive, ASU has a huge play to get into Stanford territory with under a minute to go. And instead of spiking the ball with no timeouts, it's like 35 seconds, clock is ticking, you got first down, you're on Stanford's like 30-yard line, they try to hurry up a play unnecessarily. Jones gets sacked. They get behind the chains. They are forced to spike, and it just put them in a 
near impossible situation that Elijah Badger almost, almost <laughs> got them out of. Just going to say, if it was a better throw, he was wide open. He yeah. would have caught it. ASU would have scored a touchdown and won the game. But I think you can pin a lot of that, not just on Emory Jones. It was really the entire offense, and that starts with the OC. Yeah, I was also going to do a Cal running back-themed one, talk about their total yardage. But I'll flip, and instead of talking about J.T. Shroud, we all know he's terrible. I'm not going to slander him further. I'm going to pick uh, Tanner McKee. Mm. I, Tanner McKee had, had a decent game throwing. He had about 320 yards. However, he just failed to make the plays down the stretch, especially in the red zone, to actually put ASU away. To your point, Hayden, Stanford very well could have lost that game if if the ball is two more feet inside. Uh, so Tanner McKee, I'm going to say, was eating his fruit loops because he really did not help Stanford put that game away when they could have. So a rare winner getting a fruit loops there. Wow. Um, let's get to the big picture. It's week nine. Week nine already, and my goodness. Um, officially past the halfway point, any way you interpret it in this season. We have a new AP poll. What are your thoughts on the AP poll? Oregon State, once again, the odd man out. They received fewer votes than three lost Texas and Liberty. I guess the one thing going against them as is that they're over against top 25 teams, 0-2. But by that same standard, they could be in over NC State at number 24. I think Oregon State is a better football team than NC State, but when in doubt, I guess East Coast bias prevails. I just love seeing LSU go from not being ranked last week to 18 this week. They just shoot up because of this SEC bias, but it doesn't matter anymore because next week is the college football playoffs first poll, so I'm not going to sweat this at all. A true test for them. Um, One of the main things that sticks out to me is TC with seven, still behind Bama. They now have three better wins than any win Bama has this year. I mean, come on, put them them up there. And then uh, Oregon State, we could still jump up during the bye, and, you know, worst comes to worst. Either way, we drop out if we lose to Washington in two weeks. So just go take care of business, Beavs. The rest will figure it out. Shout out Josh Pate. He put us at number 17 in his power ratings wow. this last week. Uh, so we've got, I think, an underrated slate of games in week nine. Uh, we'll start with one that – is this is big noon kickoff, correct, Cole? Yeah. Okay. Number two, Ohio State traveling to play. Number 13, Penn State. Big noon kickoff finally doesn't go to a Michigan game. Yeah, I like the Buckeyes in this game. Just too much C.J. Stroud. Even though it's it's in uh, at Penn State, Ohio State's, in my opinion, the second best football team in the country. So give me the Buckeyes. This like Ohio Dom, Dom forgot something in the Dom. studio here. Shout out Dominic Stern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the walk of shame. Colt, make your pick. Ohio State <laughs> has scored roughly 50 points per game this year. I don't see Penn State stopping that at all. I think Ohio State's going to hammer them in this noon game. Yeah, I mean, last time, this is this is food for thought for you guys. Last time Penn State lost in a blowout fashion in Michigan, in fact, it was 49-10 last time. To Ohio State? Uh, no, to Michigan. They hosted Ohio State that year, and then oh. they beat Ohio State. That was 2016. Well, and it was, they weren't even ranked when that happened. That makes no sense. So just keep an eye on that. I do think Ohio State wins. I don't think this is as big of a blowout as some people think it is. Um, go Buckeyes. Dom, who do you think is winning this one? Ohio State. Okay, he said Ohio State. You couldn't pick it up. <laughs> Next game, we got a Big 12 matchup. This one also on Fox. College game day, shying away from it. Josh Pate not shying away from it. This is the late kick tour. Number 9, Oklahoma State, traveling to play number 22, Kansas State. Such a good game. Kansas State is really going to rely on the ground game, go to Deuce Vaughn. They're going to try and control the clock. Oklahoma State has allowed 
over 200 uh, rushing yards in the last two weeks, and they've looked pretty vulnerable. They lost once and then nearly got beat by Texas. And on the flip side, as we know, Oklahoma State, that offense, so high-powered, yeah. it's a juggernaut. And Kansas State has the worst passing defense in the Big 12. Not a good matchup there. It's going to be a fun game. Could come down to who has the ball at the end, but I'm leaning with the pokes. So Kansas State, uh, 2 a.m. went down early last week. They put in the backup, and the backup did well initially, and then they couldn't score any more points after a while. So maybe that was just the backup coming in and, you know, the defense just doesn't know what's hitting them. Um, but I think Kansas State is not going to be able to deal with Oklahoma State in this one. I think this is a toss-up game. Oklahoma State has had two really close games this, the past two weeks against TCU. Even that seven-point win against Texas, which they had to score 17 straight points. Yep. This team is gritty. It's resilient. I think they eke out another victory. I'm just going to say this. It takes no skill to pick the Big 12. Just luck. I yeah. mean, you never know what's going to happen, and I hate to pick Oklahoma State here, too, because it's going to mean three Oklahoma State logos, and we all know what that means. So I'm picking the Cowboys. I think they're going to win. We got uh, our boy Riley Schmidt in the chat asking, do you guys think James Franklin will ever make it to another Rose Bowl? Yeah, I could see it. Um, it doesn't help for Penn State that Michigan has kind of hit its peak under Harbaugh. It seems like he's he's got them going good mixed with Ohio State, so... I mean, maybe, uh, maybe. I'm not going to say no, though. I say yes. I think that means, are you the second best team in the Big Ten? I think Penn State can do that. I, I think that happens if they eliminate divisions in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. And that I think that raises his chances significantly. But it has been a while for Penn State. They kind of raised the bar, it felt like, there. And then the bar has kind of slowly drifted back down under Franklin. Haven't been there since uh, Trace McSortley, I True. believe. True, true. I'm not going to say it, but, you know, maybe he was, McSorley was carrying the team. Sing the song, Butch. <laughs> Throw it on. Okay. Number 19, <laughs> Kentucky traveling to play number three, Tennessee. Tennessee's riding high. Potential letdown game here. Yeah, no way. Tennessee dropped some of the sickest blackout unis oh. I've seen this year. Hendon Hooker keeps the Heisman cam campaign going. Give me the balls. Please, college football gods. Do not allow Tennessee to lose, okay? They're too fun. Hendon Hooker's too fun. Because every time I pick Kentucky to lose recently, they've won. But I'm picking Tennessee because I really like them, and I hope they beat Georgia next week. Man, it, it has been clean sweeps in our picks, and it terrifies me because this is another one where I am so sketched out by this game. Last year, Tennessee was unranked and beat a ranked Kentucky squad in Lexington. People, too many people are putting Tennessee in their playoff. Too many people are looking ahead to when they play Georgia next week. Oh, my goodness, Tennessee. Don't blow this. I'm picking the balls, but I think oh. this game's going to be really close, especially with the contrasting styles of these guys. I think Kentucky is, like, the slowest offense in college football, and Tennessee is, like, top five or top ten. Uh, next up, we have Michigan State at Michigan. Uh, this rivalry's seen better days. Yeah, that it has. This just seems like it's one of those years. Michigan State always has a bad year once every, like, five or six years, and this is just one of those years. Kind of a lost season for them already. Michigan's got everything to play for. Trying to get to that uh, national championship, CFP. Give me the Wolverines. I think Michigan is clearly a way better team. But this is a 23-point spread. I think Michigan State actually covers that. I mean, it's a rivalry game. I think you can toss a record out the window. I think this game is at least closer than 23 points, but I think Michigan will win. Okay, shout-out <laughs> Isabella Budge, who just popped up in the Pacific Point of View live chat. Let's go. Uh, but uh, I think... 
I think that Michigan State is going to keep this game a little bit closer than people think. I think they beat a, a pretty decent Wisconsin team at this point because they're a different team under under Leonard right now. Um, and then they got a bye. They got a bye to think about it. It's a rivalry game. They've won six of the last nine in this matchup. So I think they're, Michigan's going to get a good game. I think a lot of these games are going to be closer than people think, but I still think Michigan has the experience and they have um, the win over Penn State this year. I think they'll grit it out. I think they'll win this one, especially at home. Uh, college game day. Me and Colt were looking at spots that they might go when the dust had kind of settled on Saturday night. This is one of the ones uh, Southern at fifth-ranked FCS team Jackson State. Yeah, Jackson State is for real. You know I can't go against Prime when the lights are bright. But, hey, Southern, they just beat Virginia Lynchburg 51-7 to last wow. week. They are, I'll, wow. I'll say this. They are on a four-game winning streak. So Southern could give Jackson State some problems. And I can't remember which game it was last year, but I know Jackson State had like a primetime game, yeah. and they didn't look good. They almost lost. I believe they did lose. They there, did. There was that one last year, and like it was like the last game of the it year. It was at the end of the year, yep. and it was on like ESPN. Was it the Celebration Bowl? Was it literally the you Celebration Bowl? You know what? Bowl? It, it might have been. Yeah. I think it was. They I played like that's what they played. Prairie View or something like that. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. But I got Jackson State. Deion's son, right? Uh, he's the quarterback. Shadur Sanders. Shurter Sanders. Yeah, he's already thrown 23 touchdown passes. Their offense is actually very good. Um, just be careful. I'm taking Jackson State, but just be careful. Okay, prime time. You know, you're you got all the spotlight on you. Don't choke against a Southern team that's won four straight games that has a better band than you. Because that's actually their whole thing with Southern. Mm. It's the Southern versus uh, North Carolina A and T. Is that their thing, or is that Grambling? Versus Southern. I think all the SWAC schools have good bands. (laughs) I thought Southern has just like an an amazing band. So if it's a band battle, I got Southern. But if it's a football game, I got Jackson State. Wow. Yeah. um, I think I think Jackson State wins this game. I think um, I don't think they'll let people down. I think they're a better team this year than they were last year. I mean, it sucks that Jackson State can't go to the FCS playoffs, or they don't do that. That sucks. It would be so fun to go see these guys go toe to toe with some of those other squads. Um, but it's time for our upset picks. And uh, Hayden and Cole, you guys have been on a, you know, a bit of a, a tough stretch as far as upset picks go. But you know, what what do you got for me this week? Yeah, the last few weeks I've been getting a little analytical. I've really been researching and, and trying to come up with good picks. The last one that hit for me was like Eastern Michigan, and even then, that's the one I put the least amount of effort into. So, you know what? I'm going off a hunch. Give me Nebraska to pick off Illinois at home as a touchdown underdog. Mickey Joseph, Big Mick Energy, as our Whoa. friend Donnie likes to say. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, Nebraska, they could still get to a bowl game. There's still something to play for, and that it's still a top-five environment in college football. Going into to Lincoln and trying to get a win. It, oh, packed. my gosh. Yeah, so Illinois, clearly the better team, but give me the Huskers. I'm going Louisville at home against number 10 Wake Forest. Um, Louisville is just one of those weird teams this year. I, I think they're going to be better than they actually are, but then, you know, they've lost a few early. But they're currently on a two-game winning streak. They beat Pitt last week, 24-10. to 10. Give me Louisville in this one for the vibes. And I have to say, Cole, your, your upset pick actually hit this last week. So you're 3-5 and five now. Didn't mean to slander you like that. That's fine. But uh, I'm 5-3 and three on upset oh. picks. My hot stretch continues. And just to prove, just to prove to everyone that's hating out there saying, oh, he never picks a top 25 upset, guess what? The Florida Gators this week <laughs> oh. are going to beat oh number gosh. one Georgia at a neutral site. Last time we saw these Bulldogs Hold out, up. not at home, they nearly lost to Missouri. <laughs> 
Anthony Richardson, I've said it once, I'll say it a million times, he's a guy that can win you a game or lose you a game. I think he goes out, and I think Georgia loses to Florida. Book it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, let's do, I mean, I'm totally down for it. I just don't think it'll happen. But okay. Speaking of things we don't think will happen, let's go to Colts Corner for Locka K. So went 0 for 4 last weekend. But this week is a different week. We've got Ohio State versus Penn State to go over 60 and a half points. Hammer the under. If Ohio State is already scoring 50 points per game, yeah. All we need is Penn State to score 10 <laughs> or 11, right? And it would hit. Yep. Okay, so easy. Yeah. Your thing that you just said, you have Florida winning outright. I have Florida. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Everything's falling down. I just down. knocked down the live. I got so excited. Sorry, go ahead. Florida <laughs> is getting 22 and a half points versus Georgia. Perfect. So that lines up perfectly. <laughs> easy money. Yeah. And then Fade Oklahoma <laughs> is favored by one and a half versus Iowa State. They'll 100% cover this. Dylan okay. Gabriel. So there's been 87 games. In the history of Iowa State versus Oklahoma, Oklahoma's won 80 of the 87. Yep. They will win another one of these, and they'll cover the one-and-a-half point spread. I don't even know why that is. Um, I have a lesson for everyone after that 0-4 week. Uh, Irish children's author uh, Fiona Higgins (laughs) once said, What is life, what is life, if not a gamble? (laughs) <laughs> all, right. all right thanks cole thanks for that awesome yep. beautiful quote to end uh end that there um let's talk about uh let's go into the pac-12 newsletter and uh two coaches right now glaring uh glaring coaches kind of when you look in, in the pac-12 how much is their job in danger let's start with the guy that just got a win actually david shaw so i think david shaw's seat is cooling right now Stanford back-to-back wins, and it just seems like the last couple years, it's it's hard to picture Stanford football getting any worse than it was these last two years. In in my opinion, I I just don't see it. He's a good coach. I, I'm gonna have to think about this one. Um, if I had to like put it to our old use our old scale, it'd be like lukewarm right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it's cooling off. I think. What's going to be telling is how they come out next year. I think next year is the year. This year, it's kind of been a growth year. They've got some young guys. They've had some really unfortunate injuries. They've losing. stolen a couple of games now. Too. Right. They lost Michael Wilson, EJ Smith. They get him back next year. If Stanford doesn't go bowling, he's got to be gone. It's not that hot anymore. Okay. I, I'm going to compare it to Taco Bell hot sauce. Okay. It's mild. Okay. It's a little bit spicy. Wow. It's still going to destroy your insides in like three hours after you eat the Taco Bell. I don't think it's the sauce. It's the, that what does. do you think the it cheese, is? The beans. I, I think it's I don't know, probably man. the beans. Some of that I worked sauce. there, bro. I worked at Taco Bell. The sauce makes it like three times worse, though. It does. The sauce. There's something in that sauce. There is something that do it's not. It's the mild sauce. Do not cake it in sauce. Um, I mean, David Shaw. <laughs> David. <laughs> For, for a while there, I, I don't know, I was going to try and tie this into Halloween. I'm not going to. David Shaw's not in any danger anymore. He, <laughs> he won a few games. Uh, I tried too hard to make the analogy there. But we've got another guy who should be a lot more spooked this Halloween season. There we go. Uh, Justin Wilcox after a few pretty bad losses. Yeah, he's on the hottest seat in the Pac-12 right now. If Cal misses the postseason, can him. Can him. I mean... There's no reason that Cal should not at least be going 6 and 6 every year. Yeah. They're in California. Cal has great history. I was just looking through uh 
Twitter the other day and I saw this tweet that said Cal has more natties all time than like Texas A&M and a couple other schools. But yeah, I think Justin Wilcox, his seat is red hot right now. With Wilcox, we're approaching the Diablo sauce. Okay, no wins this month. Skipped over the hot sauce. Oh, this is like the hottest. Like, <laughs> burn everything in about two hours. I mean, you're about to lose four of your next five games. You got Oregon, USC, Oregon State, Stanford, and UCLA. There's a good chance Bro gets fired. Yeah, I mean, for for Wilcox now, it's like, how many more guaranteed wins do you have? Zero. Like the games you just said, they're not beating Oregon. They're not beating USC. They're not beating UCLA. They're not going to beat Oregon State on the road. They host Stanford. Maybe. But Maybe. Stanford's picked off some teams now. And you look at this last three-game stretch. If you're a coach, you're looking at, at Washington State, at Colorado, hosting Washington. You're saying, go get us two out of those three. Hmm. Oh, for three. It is bad, and I think Wilcox, this is the hottest his seat has ever been at Colorado. His, or at California, I should say. Um, if he was at Colorado, he'd get an extension right now. <laughs> but uh, he has $28.7 million more dollars in his contract t- through 2027. So Cal will be uh, checking their pocketbooks for a buyout uh, pretty soon if things don't turn around. Uh, we have five games in the Pac-12 this week. We have two teams on bye. Um... And so let's talk about those two teams. We'll start with Oregon State. What's one thing they need to focus on during this bye week? I think there's actually a couple things they can focus on. Relatively small. Uh, Clean up the penalties a little bit and work on the red zone offense. I was surprised to see that Oregon State is ninth in the Pac-12 in red zone offensive efficiency. They're scoring on like 82% of their red zone trips, which you'd figure with a team with Jack Coletto and that great O-line, it would be a lot higher of a percentage. A big thing going against them is three red zone turnovers. Can't have that. The fix, give it to Coletto, give it to Fenwick, feed the freshman. Um, so that's what Oregon State. And the penalties, they're averaging like 61 penalty yards per game. Yeah. I feel like that could come down a little bit. Yeah, going to the Washington game, it's use that ground game with Damian Martinez to cancel out the Phoenix passing attack. I think if you do that, you'll be at least in the game offensively. Yeah, um, I think I witnessed two of those three red zone turnovers in person at that Utah game. <laughs> but uh, I say this this week, figure out who's playing quarterback for you. Mm. No one's going to be healthy, so it's going to be actually a decision this week. Go Branson or Nolan, assess who played better, and uh, keep doing what you've been doing on defense. Defense has been great. Keep it up. Who would you pick? I would I would go with Nolan. I like his experience. I think Golbranson's too he's he's too much of a gunslinger out there. He's just he's just doing whatever. He he makes some throws that it just makes you go, "Whoa." I think Nolan with some time to reflect while injured and while realizing his job is potentially in danger, I like that chance Nolan back on the field with the experience under his belt. But then we've got Oregon State's opponent next week, Washington there in a bye. Yeah, Washington's got to fix the pass defense. They've got the best run D in the Pac-12 but they're allowing 256 passing yards per game, which is towards the bottom of the conference. I don't think Oregon State is a huge threat to beat them through the air, but if they want to win more than seven, eight games, they got to shore that up. Yeah, since losing to ASU, getting absolutely upset on the road, they've won two straight games, built some momentum going to this bye week. I would say don't overlook an Oregon State team that's finding a way to win games, okay? Because the Ducks are on deck, and we know they're going to be an issue for you guys, but Oregon State actually might cause some problems for you on the road. 
Yeah, um, if I'm wa- if I'm telling Washington any advice, they're gonna listen to. I'm gonna say um, just definitely only three guys in the line. Back up. They're not gonna beat you on the ground. Let them <laughs> run. But if I had to give them some real advice that they wouldn't listen to, I would say for Washington, don't forget about defending the pass. Definitely hone in on the run. That's going to be their game plan. But don't forget about it. Goldbranson and Nolan, like I just said, we don't know who's going to be starting next week. But they've both been able to expose teams at times this year when they are not defending the pass or acknowledging the pass properly enough. They did a few times in key moments against Washington State. But that brings us to our Week 9 Pac-12 picks. We've got five games here, including this one, which, is it a Friday or a Thursday? Thursday. It's tomorrow. Thursday. Literally tomorrow. That'll be a fun game. Number 14, Utah, traveling to play Washington State. Hmm. I've flipped on this pick a couple of times. I did pick Wazoo to win in the preseason on our on our preseason predictions. There's a couple of things you got to look at here. Aside from the quarterback play, if you go position by position, this is dead even. Wazoo, their their front seven, their O line, their really their entire defense, I think is right there with Utah's. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say Wazoo has been the more physical football team this year. Utah's really struggled to generate a pass rush this year, and I think that's true. Their losses on the defensive side of the ball are really showing up at this point in the season. And here's another crazy stat. We thought Utah was going to just be able to run the ball at will this year. Tavion Thomas has 4.5 yards per carry. I mean, he, he's been a non-factor at yeah. certain points. And you couple that with the fact that Wazoo has a top four. He, they have the fourth best defense in the Pac-12 when you go by the total defense. So there's a couple things at play here, but I think this comes down to the quarterbacks. Cam Rising is on a whole different level this year. He has carried this team more than I think we've expected him to. And Wazoo, while their defense is great, while they play tough and they've been physical, I just don't see how their offense, which is, I believe, 10th in the Pac-12, only Cal and Colorado score fewer points than Wazoo. I just don't see them keeping up with Utah, even though there's a couple things that I think Wazoo could awake they could win. I got to go with the Utes here. I mean, it's a sketchy Thursday night game. I mean, well, yes. who's saying, yeah, I can't wait to play a Thursday night in Pullman, uh. okay, against Cameron Ward? <laughs> I mean, if these guys wake up on offense like how they were just absolutely dealing in the beginning of the season, yeah, Utah's going to lose this. But they are favored by seven, and I'm going to take Vegas on this one. I got Utah. Yeah, seven. It's just such a narrow number. Such a narrow number. It's the smallest spread in the Pac-12 this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Major, major trap game. You can say everything you want about this. I think Kyle Whittingham is going to be really good at getting his guys prepared, but I definitely wouldn't feel safe about Utah in this game. I'm going to pick them, but there's just been some games this year. You look at the way UCLA tore them up. You look at the way Florida was able to beat them when they traveled on the road. I mean, it's just a really sus game for Utah right now, uh, but I'm taking the Utes. We'll Feels have... like a common theme with these picks today. It's like we're all taking the same teams pretty much, but every game is like, eh, it's kind of <laughs> sketchy. Yeah. Watch out. Yep. It's sketchy Saturday. Next up, we have number eight, Oregon. Sketchy Saturday. Thursday. Spooky. Spooky. Well, sketchy Ter- Thursday. Well, well, not terrifying. Terrifying. Thursday. Oh, terrifying Thursday. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have number eight, Oregon. They still have the MacGuffin. They travel to play California. California has only held the MacGuffin two times in their history. Really like how Kenny Dillingham looks, uh, Oregon's offensive coordinator. Oh, Just going to say he's a, he's a Phoenix native. 
potential coaching candidate for ASU if Sean Aguano is not retained. But in all seriousness, he's got Oregon leading the Pac-12 in yards per game, total offense, rushing yards. He's got Bo Nix playing like a Heisman contender. Cal did play well against UW last week. They were right there. But that offense, that offense is just a complete non-factor. And they are nowhere in the same league, or nowhere close to Oregon. Not even in the same league as Oregon's offense. Just a bad matchup for Cal. This one could get ugly. I feel like last week's Oregon team could beat anyone. I think they could have beaten Georgia the way they played. Whoa, whoa. So you know what? I'm going to take Oregon in this because, you know what? Good Bo can't be stopped, and Jaden Knott can be stopped. You know, I looked at this stretch for Oregon at the start of the season, and I said, hey, they get to play UCLA, and I thought UCLA would be good. They're going to be able to get up for that game. Then they have to go at Cal and at Colorado. And then after that, they've got their bitter rivals, the Huskies. Mm. They've got Utah, who you know they have that game circled. And then they have Oregon State in Corvallis. I think the Ducks are 100% overlooking these two games, and I think they're going to struggle to get up for these games. I think California is a really not fun place to play, and Justin Wilcox is coaching for his goddamn life. Go Cal! We are taking the Cal Bears. I woke up feeling bold today, boys. Holy cow. (laughs) Oregon is also 1-2 and in their last three games in Berkeley. I don't know if you guys were told that, but... That's weird. I didn't realize that. So uh, give me Cal. So Cal's beating Oregon this weekend, and Florida's, Florida's beating, beating Georgia. Georgia. Sir, I'm ready Holy to look like a prophet when we get here next week. Uh, next up, we have number 10, USC, traveling to play the Kitties. Can the Kitties get some pity? Not at all. We go from one horrible matchup to another. That U of A defense against USC's offense, Ooh. that is disgusting. Um, USC is going to be able to do whatever they want on that side of the ball. I think Arizona is going to have its moments. Jaden Delore, I could see this being one of those games where he throws for like 350 with three touchdowns or something like that. But USC is going to drop 50-plus, and this could be a very high-scoring game, but I just don't see how U of A can keep up. That's exactly right. It's a matter of keeping up for U of A. I mean, 76 points right now is the over-under. Uh, yeah, is Jaden Delora going to absolutely light up the stats? Of course he is. But Caleb <laughs> Williams going to have more at the end of the day. USC is going to win this. To me, Arizona choked their chance at a bowl game in, like, week four when they lost to Cal. This stretch, USC, Utah, UCLA, there's just no chance they win these games. Uh, the only winnable games down the stretch here are Washington State and Arizona State, and even those ones, I wouldn't put my money on Arizona. And so I think USC crushes Arizona. Arizona's defense, man. It's just they haven't shown you anything to make you believe they can go out there and win you a football game. So uh, next up we have Arizona State coming off of a very brutal loss on the farm, traveling to play Colorado, another annoying place to play. Yeah, Colorado has not been kind to ASU in the last few years. And really since Colorado's joined the Pac-12, they've given ASU some fits. There's two things I'm very excited for for the Sun, for the Sun Devils. Um, I'm excited to see this Sean Aguano offense. How cool is it that he went from just the running backs coach to the interim head coach of the program, and now he's the head play caller? That's just that's, that's really awesome cool. Stuff. Gotta love it. I'm excited. It'll be nice to see ASU with a little bit of a sense of urgency on offense. I think the no huddle probably suits Emory Jones better, and I'm hearing Emory's taking first team reps. However, I think the leash for Emory is going to be very short in this game. And if ASU falls behind, you best believe they're putting Trenton, the gunslinger, uh, in there at quarterback. And if ASU continues to shoot itself in the foot with the penalties and poor execution, this game could get sketchy 
but Colorado is just bad <laughs> in every facet of the game. I'm sorry. They're just not not good. They are. Uh, if ASU plays clean, gets the running game going, don't they don't make mistakes, they should get out of Boulder with, with a nice win here. I'm still liking Borgay. If Borgay gets in this game at any point, I think they win. I think he is the X factor right now. I mean, the guys love him. He plays well when he's in, at least this year so far. Um, Colorado's just really bad, and so I got ASU winning this one. Yeah, there should be no reason ASU can't get the job done here. I don't even think this game matters that it's on the road. No. This is an ASU team that should be very alert after that loss to Stanford, very much knowing that they must win this game if they want this to be you know, a respectable season. I think Aguano getting play-calling duties is huge because yep. now he can finally run what he wants to run. We'll see how much they can cook here. I think they beat Colorado. It's just a matter of how much. Uh, next up, we have Stanford traveling to play number 12 UCLA at an empty Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah, despite UCLA's loss to Oregon, I was still kind of impressed with some of the things they were able to do on offense. I thought Zach Charbonnet looked really good. Um, UCLA should be able to pretty much run the ball at will against Stanford. Granted, Stanford's D-line did do well against the Sun Devils last week, a banged-up ASU offensive line. They've got a much tougher task here in UCLA. And that Stanford offense is, simply put, it's anemic. Um, had nearly 400 yards of offense last week, one of their best outputs, in zero touchdowns. Oh. They've had one touchdown <laughs> in the last two games. Stanford's getting better, but they're just a little overmatched here. Give me the Bruins. UCLA still has a Pac-12 championship appearance to play for, which is a lot. I mean, I, I think, relax, you played Oregon, tough game. This is where you bounce back with no one in the stands. Okay, Stanford, you can't keep eking these wins out out of nowhere. It's not going to happen against a quality UCLA team that knows what they're doing, that has very high aspirations. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's been the, the X factor in Stanford's last two wins is they just play teams that aren't having good years at all, like ASU and Notre Dame, both teams struggling this year. You look at UCLA's next couple games, Stanford, ASU, Arizona. UCLA should be at, what What would that be, 9-1? and one? Yeah, 9-1 and one when they host USC. And that's not about home field advantage. That's about not having to travel to play USC. Although that stadium will probably still be packed for that game, I imagine. Not having to drive down um, the road. But at least it'll be half and half. Um, so for UCLA, you've got to look at the schedule and say, hey, don't let that Oregon loss get to you. You take care of your business. You get another crack at them. Yep. I think uh, UCLA should take care of business against Stanford. However, Stanford could make things happen in this game. Just don't be surprised if it happens. They've played some weird games in the past. Don't be surprised. But you're not picking it, though, right? But I'm picking Ukla. Uh, okay. I'm picking Ukla. All right. Um, let's get to Factor Fiction. We've got a solid lineup here of Factor Fiction. We'll start with this. Fact or fiction, the ACC, SEC, and Big Ten, and as a matter of fact, every conference that hasn't done already needs to eliminate their team. No, I'm just kidding. Their divisions. <laughs> fact. I mean, I wish the Mountain West wouldn't because we had a better chance at UH <laughs> of winning the West. Now we've got to win the entire thing, at least finish top two. Here, let me That's impossible Let me now. pitch it to you, Cole. We're facing a scenario right now where Syracuse could go 11-1 and and not get a play in the ACC championship game. Tennessee could go 11-1, and not going to play in the SEC championship game. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for all those other <laughs> conferences, but the Mountain West, I'm loving the divisions. 
<laughs> How about a third? They they create two divisions. One is just Hawaii, and then the rest of the teams. Hawaii gets an auto bid to the championship. Game. We play the second best team. That's what it is. Hawaii automatically gets the third best ranking in the Mountain West. Okay. We play a play-in game versus the second best team in the Mountain West to play the number one team. <laughs> the winner of that goes to the Sugar Bowl. I vote we do that, but instead you start at 12, and you have to work your way all the way up. Oh, we ain't getting past the second round. <laughs> All right. Probably not the first round at this point. Because uh, Nevada, well, you beat Nevada. Oh, beat Nevada. Okay. Keep in mind. Right. You're getting past Nevada. And that's it. Okay, fact or fiction, an unexpected upset is set to occur. Dare I say, many unexpected upsets are set to occur this weekend. I mean, you have two of them. <laughs> fact, some of them are uh, bound to hit. I'm going to go fact, but I don't think it's going to be the big ones. I think it's going to be like some Wake Foresty here, some... NC State, if they're playing there, it's going to be like teams that we kind of like that are going to lose. Yeah, well, Colt being very pessimistic over that. Fact or fiction, Nick Saban should have suspended Jermaine Burton. I don't know if you guys saw, Jermaine Burton struck a Tennessee fan when they were storming the field. Yeah, absolute fact. He should have absolutely suspended him. You know, I actually, no, I don't actually <laughs> like this. No, don't be hitting people, guys. Uh, very confusing situation there. But, you know, whatever. Nick Saban knows what he's doing, I guess. Fact or fiction, at least eight Pac-12 teams will make bowl games. Eight? Count them down. Eight. So you Colorado. Got... No. <laughs> Wait, count them down like who's making a bowl game? Yeah. So Oregon, okay, Oregon State, USC, UCLA, Utah have, five. All, have all clinched already. Washington. That's five. Washington, Washington State. The trick is in those last five teams. You've got Arizona, ASU, Stanford, Cal, and Colorado. Colorado can't make a bowl game anymore. No. How many wins does Stanford have? Three. Three. They would have the, to be the... BYU and then like one of UCLA Ooh. or two of UCLA. Uh, it, it wouldn't. They play UCLA, Wazoo, Utah, Cal, BYU. So they would have to probably beat Washington State, Cal, BYU. I'll go eight. Yes. Wow. Facts. Stanford makes a bowl game on that. Watch out for Cal, even though we talked about them having a brutal schedule. Just because Justin Wilcox is coaching for his job, and he still has uh, Stanford coming up. And here's one thing to consider. Cal's last game is against UCLA. Okay, it's a home game, and that is a game when you when you get UCLA after the USC game. Mm. You know what I mean? You see where I'm going with this? If they lose to USC and it's essentially a playoff elimination game, I could see UCLA sleepwalking through that game. And then there you go. Cal gets the six wins. So for now, I'm going to say fact. Hayden's always got a soft spot for Cal, no matter what. A little bit. Uh, Fact or fiction, the SEC gets two teams into the playoffs. I don't want to believe it. Yes. But I'm going to say fact. I'm going to oh, say yes. That's, you know, that's tough to hear. Not happening. Fact or fiction, roughing the passer rules haven't been that bad this year in college football. I should specify. College. <laughs> yeah, fact. I haven't yeah. noticed anything yeah. egregious. It's mostly the NFL. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost the entirely NFL. the NFL. You can't sack Tom Brady. Fact or fiction, Texas is currently, this isn't the huh. fact or fiction part, but Texas is currently still the second odds-on favorite behind TCU to win the Big 12. Fiction. So fact <laughs> <laughs> And you're wrong. All right, fact or fiction, Texas should should deserve, they deserve to be second on the odds to win the Big 12. Yes! Is Facts. that valid? Yeah. I mean, I, maybe Oklahoma State, though. 
So you're saying, is it justified that they're the second favorite? Yeah, do they deserve it? Is it justified? Yeah, I'll, I'll go, yeah. Would you agree? If you were making the odds to win the Big 12 right now, would you put them at second behind DC? I'm actually going to sure. say no. I think that loss to Oklahoma State is the difference right there. Oklahoma I mean, State? you've got two top 10 losses, though, if you're Texas. Really, the only bad loss was Texas Tech. Yeah, and there was no Quinn Ewers. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm going to triple down. I think Texas is still winning the Big 12. I mean, I think Texas is the best team in the entire nation just based off 6th Street. <laughs> based off of Austin, yeah. Yeah. Well, Bebo. Hook, hook them horns. That's all you can say. Based on Bevo alone, honestly. Uh, fact or fiction, Arizona State is the best two-win team in the country right now. Some notable two-win teams. Virginia Tech, Boston College, New Mexico State, Central Michigan, Hawaii. <laughs> um, but I feel like Boston College might be better. Uh, Virginia Tech is bad. They're, they're as bad as their record shows. Uh, I'll say fact, just because ASU beat Washington, which in hindsight, that is still a really good Washington team. If ASU didn't win, Washington would be a one-loss football team. They'd be ranked. Exactly. So, fact. I'm going to go fact as well. I mean, Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion. You know, I'm going to go ASU is better. <laughs> and, but... and ASU has three top 25 losses. ASU... Utah, Oklahoma State, sure. and USC. That's but true. also Eastern Michigan, though, which I forgot about. But they're like a they're they're team. decent. They're I just know they're better than Hawaii, which is all I really heard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, factor fiction. DJ Uyangalale should be benched. I mean, he was already, but like uh, Dabo's taking it back now. He's saying that he's probably gonna he's gonna start their next game. So. He, DJ's gonna start. Yep. Um, I don't think he should be benched. There wow. was that throw though that Klubnik had in that game. It was late. That I the, the the announcers were saying I don't know if DJ can make that throw and I think they're right. I got Klubnik. I think Klubnik is better. You might have been mistaken. It wasn't the announcers. It was definitely me who said that. Oh, it was you um, who said that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, fact or fiction? Iowa State should have a special teams coach. A little background here: they don't uh, have a special teams coach. Huh. Iowa Bold State. strategy. Yeah. Who? A yeah. kicker and punter just show up and. When did this happen? Because they weren't making kicks they against have, Texas, which makes sense. One. They have not had one under Matt Campbell the entire time. Bruh. They also missed several key field goals to lose to Kansas earlier this year. What are you doing? Yeah, that's that's horrible. They should have a special teams coach. Uh, yep. All right. And uh, the last factor fiction. Oh, here comes something. Hawaii. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Cole always knows this one's Hawaii yeah. thing. Uh, Hawaii should be allowed to make the Hawaii Bowl with only three wins. I think you could do five, maybe, but not three. I think you got to reword the question. Only two wins, because I don't know if we're getting three. But, yeah, you know what? The Hawaii Bowl was made for the University of Hawaii to go to. Oh, so we okay. should be in it no matter what. But so is the Fiesta Bowl for ASU. No, it's not. It, it literally was. Just saying. But, but they took that from you. They did. The Hawaii Bowl will sell more tickets and generate more revenue if Hawaii's in it. True. If they really care about money, they should just put Hawaii in it. Then if South Alabama played Tulsa. When you guys made the Sugar Bowl, was that bad financially for the Hawaii Bowl? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Is there another team, like UNLV, for example? If they make the Hawaii Bowl, is that good for revenue at least? Uh, I'd like to see BYU in the Hawaii Bowl. No. Yeah, would that help? That would if, be cool. If Hawaii makes the Vegas Bowl, it's actually good for UNLV because all mm. the Hawaiians will travel. I think... Who's the ideal second team to make the Hawaii? Like, who, what's the dream matchup? Hawaii versus who in the Hawaii Georgia. Bowl? 
Well, okay. <laughs> but who would attract the most fans, probably? I would say BYU is probably the best bet. It's the old town rival. You got a lot of polys over there that would like to come home and see their families. Oh, okay, they got weirdly wholesome. All right, let's get to the <laughs> name game. Colt has been, it feels like he's been on a cold stretch recently in the name game. After he absolutely nailed a name, mind you. What name was that again? That he just, Someone on Washington. He got it on his first try. That was unbelievable stuff. I think it was Mickey Mouse for some reason, though. I can't remember why. But, uh, I can't have anything over it. <laughs> here we go, Colt. Um, I've got a... He's not a freshman. Is he Hawaiian? Surprise, surprise. Not a Hawaiian. Okay. Not, not a freshman. We're, we're going outside the box here. He's a sophomore running back um, at Stanford. He did not play. I mean, he might have played, actually. I don't know. I, I didn't watch the full ASU game, so he could have gotten in for a rep or two. Brendan Barrow. Brendan? B? Correct. R? That is also correct. E. You're three for three. N. You're four for four. D. You're shooting 100%. This is where the vowel is tricky. A. And I'm sorry, Colt, you have missed your first letter. B-R-E-N-D-O. That is correct. N. That is correct. You got Brendan right somehow. You you messed up on, on Brendan. And then the last name, Barrow. 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 Okay. Sabaro's Pizza. B. Correct. A. That is also correct. R. That's correct. R. Yes. O. Yes. Done. Oh, and that is no. incorrect. There was a W at the end. Oh, oh my no. goodness. No. Sabaro's doesn't and he have a the W. Snap oh, the ball is he, free. Oh, he's trouble. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, that's pain. at the one-yard line. Literally at the one-yard. All you had to do was say W, and you would have had it. And said I said nothing <laughs> and got an L. I oh, fumbled at the goal line. You literally did. That is actually so sad. Me fumbling the bag in the spelling <laughs> game. Okay. Um, oh, man. So I'm going to the University of Arizona, and oh. they've got some gems. The problem is they're all poly names, and I don't know how to pronounce them, and I feel like that's not fair to do to you, Colt. So I'm going to do one of the ones I can pronounce. There we go. There okay. we go. This is a DB playing for the Wildcats. His name's Traden Stooks. Oh, boy. <laughs> Traden? Traden Stooks. Traden. T-R. Uh-huh. Yep. A. Incorrect. Oh, no. This doesn't have a chance here. T. Yep. R. Yep. E. Yep. Y. Yes. Whoa! 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 Out of nowhere. Why? T R E Y. Yep. D. Yes. E. Incorrect. Oh no! No. So close, There's man. There's no way I got the trade. Traden. T R E Y D A N. You were close, what man. What was the last name, though? Stukes. S-T-U-K-E-S. Oh, you could have got that. Oh, my. That was one of the most impressive letter guesses. That was a good one. point of view history. The Y. I could see him thinking about going for the yep. D right there, but no. Cole, he stuck Cole with had it. patience. He stuck with it. And he got Pause. the Y. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that's beautiful. And uh, we'll let Michael Scott take us into our outro on Pacific point of view. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. 
Well, uh, we're on a roll, guys, as far as uh, finishing the show earlier than usual. We've, you know, we've got extra, extra six minutes here at the end. We can really do whatever we want. We can, we can field phone calls. Oops. We can put, put it in the let's chat. Do it. See what happens. All right, all right. Let's, uh, let's do that. Me, uh... I heard on a AM radio this morning that Michael Crow is still backing Ray Anderson. He is. And that came after there was some speculation on Twitter that there was going to be a big news moment in the Pac-12. So a bunch of ASU fans got excited thinking that it was going to be Ray Anderson getting fired, but My to no avail. Do you guys think he should be fired? Uh I mean, I don't. Think, I have my I don't opinion. Think he should be hired. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think if you look at the the resume in the last couple years, it's it's not impressive. Huh. He's overseen basically the destruction of the ASU football program, and staked his kind of entire reputation on the Herm Edwards hire, and that kind of went down in flames. Yep. So, if you're basing it off that, then yes, he should get fired. However. He's done some good things, like the hockey facility was kind of his vision, which is really cool. Mm. That is um, cool. I know, like academically, the athletic department is, and the, the, all the programs are doing about as well as they've ever done. So, uh, there's some good things that he's done, but if you're basing it solely off football and even softball, like we didn't pony up to keep Trisha Ford, and she left for Texas A&M and took the entire softball team with her. No, oh. that was bad. So ASU went from the Pac-12 champions to probably going to be picked to finish last in the Pac-12. Yeah, those two things are unacceptable. But I have a stronger opinion. But I'll sh- I'll save it for after the show. I'll say okay, that. I'll right. say that much. I'll say that much. I saw. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find it. the The preseason Pac-12 media rankings came out for uh, basketball for, for men's basketball and women's yeah. basketball. I know Oregon State's dead last. Let's see. We got UCLA. My computer's going to freeze on me. Arizona, second. Where wait, are we? wait. This is men's basketball? This is men's basketball. Okay, so, so you got UCLA one. UCLA, Arizona, uh, Oregon, mm-hmm. USC, Stanford, Colorado, Ooh. seventh ASU. Really? And then eight Wazoo, nine uh, Washington, ten Utah, eleven Cal, hmm. and then, of course, the Bees at dead last. Um, I feel like ASU should be top six. I think you, because they're getting Bagley back. They're returning DJ Horn, who's their top scorer from last year. Most interesting note here is Stanford got a first place vote in the media. Wow. That's interesting. That's kind of weird. I agree. That is very weird. Uh, Damian Lillard has left the game tonight against Miami with a right calf strain and will not return. Okay, that's not good. If we don't get phone calls, why don't we get some questions in the chat? Okay. um, Fire away. My little sister says, your beard is a sin. Um, All right. Wow. Tough. Dame being out would explain why we're down 16 right now. Unacceptable. Here. I'll just kind of shout out questions as we get them. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna unpin the phone number. Um, let's see. Uh, it's nothing. Like, nothing so far. I, we're, we're pretty close to the end of the show anyways here. But so, your uh, beard is a sin. I've, I know. She, she really doesn't like it. I'm not sure why. Wow. That's tough. She just looks for an excuse to slander me. So... <laughs> Oh, there we go. Holy cow. Which phone is ringing? Is it two? It's two. All right, let's let's, let's field the phone call. Why not? Hello? 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 Let's go to the other one. Is it the other one, maybe? Yeah, we'll try it. Hello? Sounds chaotic. Nope, 
Nothing's happening. All right, well, whoever just called, sorry about that. Um, I'll figure out the phones later. But uh, we're asked, are you going to have a Thanksgiving special this year? Why not? We should. It was a, it was a huge success last year. So I'm not answering that. <laughs> All right. I could, but I, I honestly forgot. Okay, let's try it one more time. One more time. We have one minute left. We got like two minutes. Okay. Uh, what's up? Oh, is this our boy Riley? Yeah, it's actually pronounced Raleigh, like the city. Oh, Raleigh. Sorry. My, that's my fault. Hey, no worries. I have a little brother named um, Raleigh, so. Uh, hey, no worries. Uh, quick question. You guys talk about David Shaw and Matt Campbell. Both dudes, people were like, these are going to be the next coaches of big places, and now not so much. Can they return to being, like, big-name hires in the next year or two? All right, in, like, 30 seconds. Colt? I think they can, just not at this place for David Shaw. Hayden? Matt Campbell, yes. David Shaw, no. Uh, Matt Campbell's a good coach. Iowa State is just a poverty program. And then David Shaw's best days are behind him, is, is what I would say. Gotcha. Hey, lightning fast. Love it. You got any uh, wise words for our audience here, Riley? Uh, don't move to don't move to St. Louis. That's where I live and go to school. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> okay, perfect. We will not be there moving to St. Louis. Just All right. cross that one off. Heck yeah, I'll come move out to Phoenix. Uh, we'll, we'll make we'll make that happen. Perfect. Let's We're looking it. for a roommate actually, so that actually works perfect. <laughs> oh hell yeah! If, if there are any nursing jobs out there, let me know. <laughs> okay, okay, fantastic. He's, he's straight up. He, hey, he we appreciate us. you hopping on, uh, letting us end on a good note, Riley. We'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, right. some other time. Heck yeah, y'all have a good one. Thank you, you as well. All right. We had a call in from, uh, dare I say, our biggest fan. I'm um, never going to St. Louis now. <laughs> all right, well, if that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Domodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Going to come back to the near side.